My name is Catalina del Carmen, and I'm on a mission to put more cash in the hands of women of color. I'm a wife, mom, amiga, prima, and I happen to run a multiple six-figure coaching business. On this show, I share sales and marketing strategies that keep your business simple, your mindset focused, your bank account big, and your impact even bigger. So if you are on a mission to create generational change and you want to make a lot of money doing it, welcome to the Latinas Booked Out Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to Latinas Booked Out Podcast. If you've noticed, or if you are noticing, I sound a little stuffed up. It's because I got a little sick, so apologies for that. But today's episode, I am so excited about. It is a replay from an episode uh, I was on, a podcast episode I was on, on Chingona Revolution podcast hosted by Erica Cruz. So this conversation is me and Erica really talking about our journey from zero dollars to multiple six figures. I am so freaking lucky and grateful to have a friend like Erica that has been on this journey with me for some reason, the stars aligned. And when we became friends, which we met on Instagram, when we became friends, we were both in a place where our business, we were just starting our businesses. We weren't making money yet. And we were both very much inspired by each other. And so much of our careers as coaches has not, we've just grown a lot together and you'll hear about it in today's podcast. So I'm really so excited. If you really want to hear two different journeys, two different kind of business models, two ways that each of us have grown our businesses to multiple six figures from zero um, and seeing the ups and downs that brought us to the success we have today in our businesses, I want you to take a listen. We're not just talking about money, but we're talking about the sacrifices. We're talking about the hard parts. We're talking about the, the, the ups and the downs in really, really growing our businesses. So if you want to hear that, stay tuned and we'll get started. And before we do that, I just want to remind you that if you've taken something away from this podcast, it would mean so, so much if you could leave a review on Apple iTunes, it would mean the world. Or if you share on your Instagram stories or your Facebook stories, um, sharing this podcast. Okay, y'all, I will see you on the other side. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone, to Chingona Revolution. We have such a special guest today, Kat del Carmen. Kat, please introduce yourself. What is up, y'all? What's up, Chingona Revolution? Um, so my name is Catalina del Carmen, but you can call me Kat del Carmen. That's like my name on all the socials. Um, I am a business coach for women of color. The majority of my clients are Latinas, and I help my clients grow their coaching businesses, their online education businesses in sales and marketing and mindset. So that's how I help people. I'm so excited to be on the show. Erica has been a huge part of my success too. You'll hear about our story, um, but 
we we were just so lucky to have each other. I'm so lucky to have her on my corner. And I I'm really excited to share our story because I feel like I feel like comparison happens so much when you're when you're growing, especially when you're in the like tough stages of like getting to whatever milestone you you have in your head that is this like big milestone. And having a person that, you know, you you trust and that's with you on this journey in some way, shape, or form is such a gift. It is such a gift in life. So I'm so excited. It sure is. So we have such interesting stories, but let's take it back a little. Where were we at the beginning of 2020? Who was Kat at the beginning of 2020? So beginning in 2020, I was, I had just started my podcast um, in 2019. That was after failed, couple failed blogs, failed um, YouTube channel. And when I say fail, it just means like I tried and I didn't stay consistent. Um, and, and I just decided not to continue with it. But my podcast, I had started in December of 2019 and I really wanted to grow it into the into a business. I didn't know how. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, but I, I, my identity was a podcaster. And that's what I was marketing the most. I'm a podcaster. This is what I do. I was also working a nine to five. I worked at Adobe. Um, Adobe Systems, I think, is the proper name. And it's a tech, big tech company in the Bay Area. I had a... Literally, my life was... On paper, very, very good. I had a seven, six, seven, eight-month-year-old. We just had a baby. Um, I just got back from maternity leave, which was, like, fully paid for six months. Like, lots of blessings. We had a home in Oakland. Like, every, like on paper, everything was really, really perfect. But I was desperate to make this business work, even though I didn't know exactly what it looked like. Like I didn't even call myself a coach at that time. The beginning of that year, it was very much just this like land of figuring it out. Um, and that's kind of where I was. Yeah. Married, had a house, very full life, like very, very full life. But I really wanted to grow this business. And I will say, it, it was the beginning of 2020, like the first half of 2020, that I really started planting the thought that I want to quit my job and go all into my business, even though I didn't know what my business was. But that was when I really started, I would call it manifesting it. I remember telling my husband in February, I think it'd be really cool if I quit. He thought I was like crazy, but <laughs> I think it'd be really cool if I got to quit my job because of my business. Like, I really think I'm going to quit my job one day and go all into my business. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, geez, I have so many like follow-up things. I'll tell you mine really quick. So at the beginning of 2020, I was working probably the best tech job that I had throughout my career. I was making the most money I had ever made. I was traveling. I'm pretty sure 2020, um, January of 2020 was my last business trip. I was out in Australia of all places and they put me up at this like resort and I was, I was just doing really cool stuff with this company and very similar to you, Kat. Everything on paper was perfect. I was making the most money I had ever made. I was traveling the world. I had this great group of friends. Um, I was in a relationship. Like everything on paper looked perfect, but it just felt like 
something was missing. I knew I didn't want to be in tech forever. And then like the guilt of I should just be grateful for what I have because I get to travel. I get to, you know, make this much money. And then I feel like it was almost this cycle of like shaming myself for wanting more, but knowing I wanted more. And actually at the beginning of 2020, I downloaded TikTok. And that's when I was creating content on TikTok and everyone laughed at me because they were like, oh, that's the kid app that you just dance on. And a few months later, TikTok is literally where I built my business. Well, like, if there wasn't TikTok during the freaking quarantine and pandemic, like, what would have happened in this world? The world would have been so bored. I think that's when I remember even the thoughts about TikTok. I was like, well, for me, I was like, no, absolutely not. I am not dancing. (laughs) people and doing all this thing. But it turned into such a safe, I felt like it turned into such a safe space for people to just like, enjoy social media again, from a place of like, not perfection. Yes, exactly. And during the pandemic is when my account totally blew up. But you and I had already been friends through Instagram for a while, being that I, I'm pretty sure I started listening to your podcast, and we were already engaging with one another. But you reached out to me in March of 2020, about, I want to say a week and a half into the lockdown quarantine that we were all in. And you asked for us to get on a call. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast can relate. Like in the beginning of your business, you're really trying to like connect with other people who are doing the same work as you. Um, Not only are you curious about what they're doing and like their journey, but you're also trying to like build community. And if you're not doing that, I do highly, highly recommend it. Um, But at that time, you and I were cool. I think we would literally just like support each other, right? Like we would comment on each other's things. We would DM here and there, but like, you know, we didn't have like a full blown relationship, but I, I think it was like, we just would DM back and forth. And you did share some things with me about my podcast. And, um, I, I really just thought I was like, okay, I'm going to, and I never had done this. Like, I don't do this, but I was like, she seems super cool. I'm going to hit her up and see if she wants to just like get on a zoom call to talk. I don't know if I said talk business, I should pull it up, but talk um, about our goals and what we want to do and what we want to build. Cause it was clear you were building something. It was clear I was building something. And I mean, obviously I was like inspired by what you were doing um, and I just like hit you up and I was like, let's meet on Zoom. And then I think after, so we met on Zoom, then I proposed like, let's do this bi-weekly and just keep each other accountable. And I don't know. I think it's just because we vibed and like, I liked you and you seemed cool and like, it wasn't awkward at all. Um, And then we like literally just kept doing that. And it wasn't perfect, but like we would meet at least once a month, it felt like. Yeah. um, At least. And that's really how our relationship started to build. And it was such a big help to me because it it, it really just did feel like, okay, I'm not alone. And like, we just like vibed off each other in our own, like, how you would say, like our own courageous action. Like we would inspire each other in like different ways that we would do things. And at that time I was selling, I mean, during our, that part of our relationship, I feel like our friendship I um I started selling like one-on-one calls. I I did like 
this ma- this podcasting masterclass that I charged for. I was just doing these like new things just to try things out. I remember thinking like, dang, Kat knows exactly what she's doing. She's already making money. I couldn't build up the courage to charge people for things. I was not, I was really just desperate to like make this into a business because I really did want to quit. Like I was really getting sick of my job and I was so over my excuses like to myself. Like I was like, how long am I going to sit with this identity of like, I want a business, but I don't know what it's going to be. Like, I I just needed to see, like, I remember when someone bought, like, four calls with me, which was, like, at that time, 500 bucks, and I, like, cried because I was like, this is going to be a real business. And it was around that time, I think it was, like, May of 2020. And, yeah, I mean, it was really just one step in front of the other. But, I mean, then it, then we actually... Then we we both left our jobs within yeah. like a m- month of each other. It was wild. Yeah. So the, for me, I'll just quickly, for me, I had like, I've been telling you, and Erica talks about manifestation, so I feel freely talking about it here. I, I'm not super woo, but I will tell you that 100% I manifested my entire job and leaving it, um, leaving my job specifically. When the pandemic happened, obviously a lot of people lost their jobs. My role was eliminated, but I was in this wonderful company and they were like, we're not firing anyone. You're going to get to choose from like all these jobs. So I spent months. When that happened at first, I was like, oh my God, this is my way out. And I spent months applying to jobs. They gave you three months to apply to jobs. So I literally became a stay-at-home mom because for those three months I didn't work. I just would go to like job interviews within the company. And I did that while I was building my business. And um, one thing is I really started resenting being a stay-at-home mom. I think any stay-at-home mom can really relate to that. Um, I mean, some people are made for that shit. I'm not. And I started realizing like, okay, this is my way out, but how am I going to do it? One, I was like, I'm definitely going to milk the three months and get paid my salary for those three months. And then when the time came and the time was up and I started getting job offers within the company, I realized like, I absolutely cannot like go back. And there was so much of me that wanted to get one of these jobs, continue my pay. Like I was getting paid six figures, y'all. And I was contributing that to my family. Like it wasn't me. It was literally like a con, like we have a house and we have like all these goals and plans. And when I started dabbling with this with my husband, we had to have a lot of tough conversations about what that would look like and if we could afford it and blah, blah, blah. And when I decided to officially like, no, I'm not going to take one of these jobs and I'm officially going to leave. That was a really hard decision because I I wanted to milk the time that I was getting paid. So I lived, it felt like I lived in indecision for three months. And that is like torture, right? Like if you live in indecision, it is torture. And at that time too, I was really trying to pump up my man. And I was like, you should look for some new jobs to get paid like even more. And I was really like scheming on how this could happen for us. And what turns, what ended up happening is my husband got um, a job in LA. We were from the Bay. 
we moved to LA. I remember having a very tough conversation with my husband and we kind of made a deal. I was like, look, if we're going to go to LA, we're not going in LA for this $30,000 raise because $30,000 ain't shit. If you go there, I want you to fucking kill it like in your entire career. And if I, if you let me quit, if you're cool with this, I promise I'm going to make this work. Like give me some time, but I promise I'll make it work. And we did that. We made these big decisions. We put our house for rent and um, I quit. And I remember texting you or calling you and I'm like, oh my God, I'm quitting my job. It's really, really happening. And then you were like, I'm quitting my job too. (laughs) And it was just a wild, a little bit of a wild story. Yeah. I remember that period of indecision. I remember that. (laughs) It was the worst. I don't, I highly don't recommend (laughs) And I remember us having like calls about it and yeah. And I was like, it's just taking up mental space. And I was like, I'm giving Kat advice that like I need to be taking too. <laughs> I remember, I remember that. What did it, I mean, I remember what it kind of looked like for you, but like you made a lot of big decisions too. Like it, literally both of us made some really huge sacrifices of our lifestyle, of everything to leave our jobs. So I know some people in your audience know, but like, what was your story? Yeah. I want to quickly point out that I think sometimes people make the assumption of like, I either need to choose between like starting a family or starting a business. And I think it's so interesting that you did both at the same time. And we'll get into like, as we get into current day, like where you are right now. But once you had your son, that's when you were like, okay, no more excuses. Like this is I'm taking this seriously, right? It wasn't like, oh, now I'm a mom. So now this is going to be like my sole focus. Like I remember you telling me, I want my son to see that his mom can be an entrepreneur and be a great mom. For sure. I think my, I really took the birth of my son as this like, this like in-person example of like, do I want to be the parent that just lifts him up with words and tells him all the things that I wanted to hear? Or do I want to show him? And I feel like that was the first time I really had like this talk with myself of like, you can tell him all you want. You can tell him to be brave. You can tell him to fail. You can tell him all the right things, but it really doesn't like, like I want, like, I want to be the mom that actually walks the walk. Like, I don't want to just talk the talk. I don't want to just tell him he could do whatever he wants and he can do all these things. Like I wanted to be the mom that practice what she preached. And he was born in May of 2019. And obviously as a newborn, you know, I was in maternity leave and I just focused on him. But it was around when he was five months, maybe when I really decided to like, I I didn't say this part of the story, but one of the first before the podcast was created, I, I threw an event just for my network, like my little professional network and my Instagram, and I called it Follow That Fear. And it was just an event, like a personal develop event for people who wanted to talk about fear and how it plays a role in our lives. And um, that happened in Berkeley, California. It was an in-person event. I threw that. It was like $30. And the reason I started the podcast was an extension of that event because I, at that time I felt like I couldn't keep up doing events. Um, but that was really the journey of like, 
I, I want to talk the talk. Like, I don't want to walk, like, I, I don't want to just talk the talk. I want to be the example for him. And yeah. And that was a big motivation for me. At least that's the reframe I gave myself to do that. Yeah, I love that. And I just want to point out for the people listening that I think people look to both of us and they see that we're running these successful coaching businesses and we're multi six figure Latina CEOs. And they assume that there's a way to get there, but our stories are so different. Even though they're in sync, they're very, very different. So while Kat has a family and a partner to talk to about these things, for me, I was living in Silicon Valley on my own and working this great tech job and had a great community of friends. And as soon as the pandemic hit, one of the sacrifices that I had to make was well, if I want to start a business and I no longer want to depend on this great salary I have, I probably shouldn't pay $3,000 for rent every month. That's not sustainable. So I started looking at my options and my mom lives in the Bay Area as well. She lived alone. She had a three-bedroom house to herself and I really had to swallow my my pride and go back home. And as somebody who's been so hyper-independent, that was like the last thing that I wanted to do. And once I got there, I quickly realized it was the best decision that I could have made because that's when we were in lockdown. And my mom, I don't think I realized how much she needed companionship and how much she needed me and how much we actually could help one another. And I think, you know, my, my dreams were actually way bigger than my ego because I was like, what do I want? Do I want to stay here and live on my own or do I want to go back home? be helpful to my mom, allow her to help me, which is so hard, right? Like it's something that you you and I have discussed, asking for help. And it, it's one of the best decisions that I think that I've made. And once I got to her house, uh, that's when I finally started making money. I started to, I launched Purpose Driven Latina. And it kind of just was, I, I don't even know, it was... I don't even know how this all lined up and how it worked out. Oh, I remember it. Sorry. Okay. Before I left my job. No, wait, this is <laughs> the story gets all like rambled in my, in my head. So at this point, when I moved back in with my mom, I was doing both my tech job and I was trying to start this business and I had never made money before. So I didn't sell one-on-one -on -one coaching. I didn't have like any workshops. I did a few free workshops to kind of see what it was that I was helping people with. But that's when my TikTok account really started to blow up because everyone was on lo in lockdown and they wanted mindfulness and self-development and to feel connected. And I think I just created this video that was, it spoke to this specific person that it resonated with so many people and it was shared so many times. I think I got over 40,000 views on that video. Video and the video said something along the lines of calling all badass Latinas. If you um, struggle with like fear of failure and like overcoming family expectations and like this and this and that, then I created like this program for you. Apply using the link in my bio. And I remember I ended up getting over 200 applications because the video blew up. Mind you, these people had no idea what like the investment was going to be. It was like, I just hustled so hard. I got on so many different calls. I think in the end, I had about 17 people. I was also trying to hire an intern at the time. I made so many mistakes. But by the end of that, I had made my first 
my, it was the first time I had ever made money. And I was like, I think I can leave my job. So, um, I remember just watching cats like progress and I was like, oh, for sure they're going to let me go. I'm in marketing and like, we don't have that many sales. I'm, and I was praying that they would fire me or that they would lay me off. I was like, just fire me and make it easy. (laughs) And you ended up leaving your job a few months before I did. And I was so hopeful. I was like, yep, this is going to work out in my benefit. I ended up getting offered a freaking promotion. Of course. Yeah. The universe is like, I'm just going to put a cherry on top of this very big life lesson. Exactly. And so then Kat was the one coaching me about leaving my job. And uh, my mom, of course, was in my audience knows this. My mom was seriously concerned because she was depending on my financial assistance because she was building her retirement house in Mexico. And I was helping out a lot at home. And suddenly me leaving this job made her feel very unsafe and also she just couldn't understand why I'd want to leave this job. So when I remember just hoping that I would, the same thing would happen for me that happened for Kat and that I would get laid off and it just wasn't happening. And it's just, when you know, you just know. And it's, you know, other people will give you their opinion and of course they influence us, but it was to the point where I I knew when my intuition was speaking to me and I had to make that call for myself and everyone else advised against it except Kat because Kat got it, right? So everyone else was like, no, I don't think you should do that. Wait until you make just as much in your coaching business as you do like working full time. And I'm like, that's ridiculous because I'm working full time 40 hours a week and I'm doing this thing on the side. Like, no, this thing needs my energy and it needs my attention and all of that. So our stories were were very different, but very aligned at the same time. So it was, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to say. Uh, yeah, no, I wanted to touch on something that you said that I I had to, I think anybody in this position really has to consider, and that's putting your ego aside. Um, we both had very comfortable lives. Like we made a lot of money. Like I remember at that time, I was like, oh my God, I'm like rich already because we had a house with a very low mortgage. Um, we like sure had my son and that was new, but like my lifestyle is very cushy. Like we could go out to eat whenever we want. I could go to Target and spend 300 bucks if I wanted anytime. Like I could, we could do like whatever, right? Like my husband and I had traveled so much prior. We had a very comfortable lifestyle. And when we made this decision to not only move, but for me to leave my job, a big piece of that was changing our lifestyle. And what I didn't mention is when he got the job before I decided to quit. So when we moved to LA, we in, we secured this apartment that was like so expensive and huge because we were like, we're good. And literally before we moved in, that's when we decided I would quit my job. So we lived in this beautiful apartment for, I think, just like three months. And then we talked about it because we knew I was quitting my job. And we decided that we need to downgrade apartments. So we literally talked to the apartment. We went from this lavish, like three bedroom, flat, beautiful apartment to this two bedroom. And my my son, we put him in our walk-in closet and that's where he would sleep. Like, We literally, our entire lifestyle changed and I really had to put my ego aside. I think a lot of people, and we were like in our early thirties established, like on paper, we were living this very comfortable life, but like I had to put my ego aside. I had to put 
like, okay, if I, if I really want this business to work, like, yeah, my lifestyle is going to have to change. It's temporary, but I'm willing to do the work. And at that time, I remember I was like, I don't care if I have to like start picking up a waitress job again twice a week just to like pay for whatever I need, but I'm going to make this work. And that was a big piece too. But I, when I really started taking my business very seriously, that's when I realized I needed a nanny. Because I was like, if I really want to make a lot of shit happen in 2021, I'm going to need time. And a, a nanny at that time, a part-time nanny, was I think like a thousand bucks a month. And I wasn't making like, nothing in business is like consistent, right? So I just had to like believe I'm going to make a thousand bucks a month. And if I don't, I will get a job and that will pay for it. But I'm going to make this work if it's, if it kills me. And we ended up downgrading our lifestyle, downgrading our apartment. My husband was with me. It was a very tough time in our marriage. I, I got to say, um, we, there was just a lot of growth that he was going through in his career. I was going through in my business, but I really had to put my ego aside. Just like what you were saying, like with your comfortable ass lifestyle, like single woman, not single, you were in a relationship, but like living your life, right? Like in Silicon Valley, in one of the richest areas, literally in the world, making good money, traveling for like all of this comfortable life. And we literally purposefully on purpose decided to put that aside and say, I'm going to start from scratch and I'm okay with that. Yes. And I remember even saying, because my mom was so concerned about money. And I said to her, if I only make $20,000 in the next 12 months, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with using all my savings. I'm okay with not buying a new car. I drove an old Honda that I had been driving for 10 years. And she was like, you are a professional. You need a new car. And I said, no, I need a business that I love. And I was also putting off, you know, I'm not a homeowner. And at this point, I'm 31. And anyone who's around our age knows that, like, our generation has just gotten the short end of the stick with this job, I mean, with this housing market. But I had been saving for a house. I had a, I had money saved. And I decided to invest all of that in my business. And just the fact that I was willing to only live off of $20,000 a month. And I was like, what's the worst that can happen? I could go take a part-time job. I could go back to tech. And like, once I started asking myself the question, what's the worst thing? hundred percent. I had to do this. I realized I was like, okay, it wasn't well, that bad. It was just with my, my husband, right? Like those conversations <laughs> happened with my husband. I was like, okay, if I only make this much, would that be cool? Like, would that be fine? You know? And you just have to be willing. A lot of people don't want to mess with their lifestyle. And I'm just like, okay, I don't feel bad for you. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Like, I have zero Mm -hmm. empathy if you don't want to change your lifestyle because you're 30 or 40 years old and you feel like you've already made it to a certain point and you shouldn't live below your means because you want to start a business. No, you will absolutely have to sacrifice something. And it starts with your ego, likely. Mm hmm. Yes. So let's fast forward to that point where because it wasn't there was there was a big part of time when we didn't make a lot of money and it was very uncertain what was going to happen. But what what happened whenever you started to make money and it started to become obvious that because you already had the vision that this was yeah, going to be a I success. would say when did you so actually start to see the light at the end the of the end, the second half starting October, October. I made my first like 1300 bucks um, and I, I launched a course. It was extremely difficult to create that course while I was a stay-at-home mom. 
um, marketing. Like I remember I was just looking at my old IG lives. I used to like literally take my son's nap and that was my time to do an IG live. And I was very limited. It was like a 45 minute nap because he took two naps a day. And I, one had to really start letting go. There's a couple things that, that went into play here. One, I had to start, stop letting, let go of perfection. I needed to just show up when I could show up. And like, there's absolutely nothing I could do about it. Cause I was a stay at home mom. And I just, I decided to make that okay. I made, um, so I sold my course. It was the first time I ever launched something properly. I did not make even close to the amount of money that I wanted to make. But I will say after that launch closed, I, I was 1,300 bucks. I remember. And I, that was the first time I like, although I had a lot of shame around my results, it was the first time I was really proud of myself. I was like, I said I was going to do this big thing and I did it. And that was such a big lesson for me. Then you put out Purpose Driven Latina. And then I was like, well, she has a group program. I want to do a group program. (laughs) And like you shared so much insight with me. So I literally, I don't know what the heck I was thinking. October launched a course. November launched a group program. Just out of nowhere. Um, And that was a big, that was a big deal for me because it was like a $900 program, which for me was very expensive. And I think I got something like six people. I think six people got into that program and that, and I made like 5,000, almost $6,000. And that was a big moment for me. I was like, huh, I cannot believe I one did this, but if I can make $5,000, like I could do anything. Um, And I, and actually the biggest moment for me was when I was launching this group program, one person, you showed, you showed me, you told me exactly how you did sales calls with Purpose Driven Latina with like a deck. <laughs> and I, and I don't do that anymore, but I literally, you showed me this and I did it. And you told me like, put a price for one-on-one and then put the group program price that's super low <laughs> and they'll pick that. And I was like, great, this is fabulous. And one person ended up paying like $2,000 for one-on-one coaching. That moment was a significant moment for me. And I was like, no effing way one person pays. And I had done one-on-one sales calls before. I was selling one-on-one coaching. It's not like I wasn't selling it. And I had some sales calls before that were torture. Um but this was the first one I actually sold and it was $2,000. And for me, I was I was blown away. I was like, if there is one person, there is effing more. And I will say too that the amount of effort yeah. and work I put into launching a course and launching a group program within a two-month period, I was so burnt out and I was working myself to the bone. I... As proud of myself as I was, I was, I felt like I was really close to quitting because I was so tired. And I was like, it's so much easier for me to go back to a nine to five, get paid six figures, show up at work. Like that just felt like the easiest option. And then just, that was October, November. Mm -hmm. And in December, I really started reflecting on like, 
what do I want to focus on next year? And I was very inspired by a lot of my mentors and just podcasters that I was listening to. And I made a decision. I slightly made a decision that that December that I wanted to focus on one-on-one in 2021. And I just wanted to see what was possible. And I, I really wanted to become really great at what I did. Like I wanted to become a good coach and I wanted to just like have fun in my business and like see what happens if I relentlessly went after my goal, but from a place of like just serving my people. Like I just want to tell them everything. And I, I, I started to shift my mind. This was significant, I think. I, my, I put my ego so aside that I, I remember I started sharing my money wins at that time. And I wasn't super proud of my money wins, but I was like, I'm going to share it anyway. Someone out there is really desperate to make $5,000. So I'm going to tell people I made a thousand, you know, five, I'm just going to tell people the truth about how much money I'm making in my business, even if it's a small amount and I'm not super proud of it. And it turns out that that type of authenticity and that type of vulnerability was very, very attractive to people because when you're making zero dollars, making 5,000, like sure, it's not like a lot in like the coaching industry, but for a person making zero, it's a lot and it's exciting. Um, So that was a big shift for me too. Yeah. And I remember whenever I saw that you launched your course, I had already launched Purpose Driven Latina. I think I was on the second round of Purpose Driven Latina. Obviously, something was working there, but our our little our baby coach brain didn't know, know any better. So then I there I go that. and I launch a course called Grow on TikTok. <laughs> and by the way, for all of you listening, please do not use the deck for your sales calls. We did not know what we were doing. Hey, you know it worked once upon a time. Um, that's not how I do it, obviously, anymore. But yeah, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. I think also the lesson here is like, allow yourself to make mistakes because we've made, now that we, you know, we didn't think they were mistakes at the time, but now that we look back, we're like, oh yeah, these were all the things that we worked way harder than we should have. (laughs) Way harder. So much harder. Yeah. So after, so I did one launch of Purpose Driven Latina. And then as soon as that one was ending, I started a new launch right away. Gave myself like no planning time, just like went into it. And then as soon as that was over, I was already starting my grow on TikTok course. And I remember at the beginning of 2021, I was so burnt out. I literally could not show up. And that was when you and I went to San Diego. And I think I just also had a lot of life stuff going on. Like my relationship was coming to an end. And like, there was just so many things that were like spilling over. I couldn't get myself to be creative. I couldn't get myself to show up. And you had gone through a little stint for that before I did, like at the end of 2020. But it took me from January all the way until May to be able to launch Purpose Driven Latina again because I was that burnt out. So I think also the lesson is like we were we were so hungry and eager and there's nothing wrong with that. But we went so fast for so long that we literally burnt ourselves out. And now I think what we've learned even with our clients is like slow and steady is really like the way to grow and build. I did not realize that you didn't launch Purpose Driven Latina again until May. That is a long time. Yep. Yeah. And I do remember you launching Grow on TikTok. I I remember I was like, I don't think you should do this. I don't know if I told you that boldly, but because I had created my course and I was like, this is so much fucking work. Um, 
But you also, I mean, but it's a part of our journeys. Like, we actually have to sometimes go through these, like, very, like, hard things just to learn that, like, okay, maybe that is not the best energy spent, especially when something's working well. Um, But we have to learn this stuff. Like, we have to learn it sometimes. Yes. We have to allow ourselves to make mistakes. That doesn't mean you know, take the advice we're offering you here because obviously we've made these mistakes so you don't have to, but you get to make your own mistakes. And I think it goes back to that idea of perfectionism as well, where like we just want to do things perfectly, but allow yourself to do them imperfectly because your path is not going to look the same as anyone else's. Like look how different our paths have looked and how we've still had incredible success. Like before we jumped on, you're like, can you believe we both made it? (laughs) I know. You know, and I'll I'll say one thing off of this too, is that I, I know a lot of your audience are also like coaches or service providers or something like that. And I just want to mention that it's so important too, as a coach, that you allow your clients to go through their ups and downs too. I think sometimes we get so attached to our clients' results and we want them to win so bad, but it's like... They have to go through the emotions of what it feels like to taste success or to taste the hit hitting the milestone. And they have to go through the rough stuff too. And like your job as a coach isn't to always help them get to the top, 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 fast, 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 grow, grow, grow. It's literally just to help them and normalize that like there's actually dips and and and, and hard parts of what growth is and like being a coach is also there to support them, not just like making their results about you. A hundred percent. And you have to let your clients make mistakes. You can't tell them what to do. You can guide them, but at, you know, at some point you can't be with them forever. So you have to allow them to trust themselves. Like I've had a client where I was like, I I would advise against that, but she still went ahead and did it. And then she like came back a few months later and was like, okay, you were right. And I was like, well, now you know, right? You know, you had to go through it because if you would have just taken my advice and not tried it, you would have always thought about it. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a part of the process and, and we had to do that ourselves. So it's, it's definitely part of the growth. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward to, I mean, 2021 was a phenomenal year for both of us. Um, and yeah, we both scaled to multiple six figures in 2021 and we both did it in- crazy. It's yeah. Wild. It's insane. I still don't believe it. Yeah. And we did it in such different ways. And mine was through my group program. And so tell us a little bit about, about you. Yeah. So, um, in January, December, January, I made some really hard decisions. I, made the brave, what felt brave to me, the brave decision to discontinue my course. Like I have a full course that I don't sell. It's called Podcast Marketing Lab. It helps podcasters market their um, their podcasts. I discontinued it, just closed it. My clients have access to it. Um, decided not to sell that. And then I decided to not launch my group program which made $5,000 the first round. Like when I think about it now, I'm like, that's pretty damn successful. Like why didn't I continue? But I really wanted to take the long road. Like I was, I think I wanted quick success so bad at the end of 2020 that in 2021, I, one, didn't want to like work so damn hard because I'd worked so, so hard the the year prior. Um, And I wanted to do more mind work. Like I wanted to really 
see if it was possible to do what I felt was impossible, which for me was, can I make 100K, six figures was my goal at the time. Can I make six figures selling one single offer and literally simplifying my entire business, simplifying my marketing, simplifying my my offers, Simplify, I like I literally simplified everything. And I was like, I'm only going to focus on one-on-one coaching. I'm only going to market on these avenues. These other avenues I'm completely disregarding for the rest of the year. And I made all these decisions in January. And what it did was, it was like the first time I really felt like a CEO. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm so willing to fail. I'm just, I was very willing to go through the hard lessons. And similar to you, I was like, look, if I just make so like 40K or 25K, whatever that number was, like then lesson effing learned, but I want to do right by me. Like I want to, I want to take what felt like the long road and hard road. And, and it was hard doing this because I would also look at you, right? Like my, my friend, my mentor, my, my colleague, right? Like I would look at you and you were doing your business so different and not just you. There was like tons of other people doing their businesses so differently with, with these product suites and everybody has, you know, you need a low price offer and and an offer at every stage. Like I had learned all these things about the coaching industry and I literally had to learn to how to trust myself, let it go and just see what happens if I sell one offer. And what happened was I made 200 plus cash like in one year off of one offer by really practicing trusting myself and 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 doing it my way, like doing it the way that honored me and my life and my decisions. And it, it, it was a very powerful lesson for my mind and myself and obviously lots of growth in the middle. But it was very different, right? Like our, our roads are really different to how we created these businesses. But, but I proved it to myself, right? Like I proved it to myself like it worked. Like I can make hard decisions and I can make it work. So it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that experience of focusing on just one offer and simplifying because I have a lot of clients who – you know, as soon as something feels like it's not working as fast as they want it to work, they immediately are like, my offer's wrong. I need to go change it. Or maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And they don't even give an opportunity for their existing offer to like fully flourish. So what was that experience like for you to say no to other things and just focus? Like, obviously you've expressed there was a little bit of FOMO, but how did you manage that? Yeah, there was a lot of FOMO. I think FOMO is probably... I. I I guess that's not an emotion, <laughs> but I, I don't know what emotion would be a, a FOMO emotion. We have to put a name to that. But I would say that's probably one of the top feelings that I had to exercise throughout the entire year, to be honest. Um, so when I talk about simplifying my business, and the reason I needed to simplify is because I had worked myself to the bone the year prior. And I like was not, I couldn't do, I, I knew that wasn't sustainable for me and my lifestyle. So what I decided was when I looked at my marketing, I decided like I can't be everywhere anymore. Like it was stretching me so thin and 
I wouldn't say the actions of of showing up on all these social channel channels were stretching me thin. It was the it was the space it was taking up in my mind. So if when I talk about being on all these social channels at the year prior, like many of us, um, I was trying to be everywhere I could. So I was posting on LinkedIn, I was posting on Facebook, I had my podcast, I was posting on Instagram. Even on Instagram, like new things were coming out, reels had come out, like. There was just a lot of newness. There's Clubhouse, right? Clubhouse. There was like, there's so much happening. And I think the natural way as a business owner and entrepreneur is like, I got to take advantage of all these opportunities, right? right? But at that time, I was like, I can't, like for my mind, I can't, I can't be living in this like scarcity of like, I don't show up here and here and here and here enough. So I really just decided, like, what if I double down on what I know 100% works and what I what I want to do? And for me, what that looked like is I would focus on Instagram. I would put my podcast out weekly. And I really wanted to develop my skill in emailing, like email, emailing my list. Those were my three top things, right? And I let that be enough. I remember a big one for me was deciding not to be on TikTok. And and the one of the reasons is because you were like my freaking best friend in this journey and you were like the TikTok star and like I knew the benefits of TikTok, right? Like it's not like I didn't like I uh, TikTok's a freaking amazing opportunity and like all of these things. I knew Reels was an amazing opportunity, but I had to trust myself in like what if I just don't do it for one year? And like next year I could have all the freaking fun I want with it. But like just for the sake of trusting myself and making things very simple and doubling down on that so I could be super intentional when I do show up, what if that works? So when I talk about simplifying my marketing, like I strictly made a decision for the whole 2021, I would not show up on LinkedIn. I would not show up on TikTok. I would not show up on Facebook besides like, you know, the automatic reposting or whatever. And that freed so much space in my mind. Like once the decision is made, it's like, okay, I don't have to feel bad. Sure. When you see like your friends' TikToks go viral and then they get like 5,000 followers in like one month, that shit will get to you throughout the road, right? But I had to learn that I'm on my own journey. My journey's not going to look like Erica's. It's just not going to. We're playing different games. We have different business models. Like I can't ever compare it to not only just Erica's, but everyone else who I was in community with, right? And I really, I think the benefit of that was it just helped me really trust myself. And then when I started seeing things working, when I started doubling down on what worked for me, um... Even offers. I think the offer was the simple one. For me, I was just like, no, I'm going to do one-on-one coaching. And that was because I wanted to become really good at coaching. Like, I knew that, like, if I'm going to be really good at this, I got to put the hours in. So we'll see what happens. Um, One more thing I want to mention is one thing that was super helpful to me is in the beginning of 2021, I knew how much I wanted to make for the rest of the year. I think my goal was like 130K. And then I had a stretch goal of over 200K, but that was like, silly. Um, And you did encourage me to make a a vision board. And I did. 
and I copied your style where like you do it on Canva. Um, I did that and I made a goal for myself. And here's one big tip I want your, your, your audience to listen to, especially if they have a business, especially if they're coaches or consultants or like service-based providers. I made my goal and every single month, I think my goal was 8,000 every single month, which is significant. It's like a big number. But every month that I hit that goal, or or even if, if I was close to it or not close to it in, in within the month, I always committed to that goal, even when I got bigger numbers. So like one month I made 10K, right? And I was like, oh my God, the next month I could make 12K. Because your brain is going to want you to like just up the goal, up the ante, like make it more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. But every single month I was like, no, Kat, remember you said 8,000. So it was was like I had to practice this sort of self-discipline and like I don't need these huge numbers. I just need 8K. And I remember the first month I made $20,000. And in one month. And the next month, my brain was like, okay, Kat, come on. You've, you've, you already made $20,000. Like this month, you could totally do at least 12 or 15. And I remember fighting with my brain and being like, it's 8,000. That's what we agreed on in January. And that's what we're sticking with for the rest of the year. So I, I really focused on these lower goals. And I know that's a big goal for some people, but for me, it was like kind of lower. And I always stuck to that. Every single month, even when I had these huge months, I stuck to this small goal. And when it was mid-month and I had just a few sales calls or no sales calls, and my brain was flipping out that I wouldn't make money and all this stuff, I always went back to, the goal is this. You only have to do this. Or that's the goal, actually. So don't try to do more than that. And that was so helpful in this full year of selling one offer. Amazing. Oh my gosh, so much so much goodness there. Um I want to know Yeah, you know, actually I think even though our businesses are so different, there's some commonalities. Like we both chose one thing and ran with it instead of trying to yeah. do different things. It was different things we chose. And then funny enough, in present time, now you have just la- launched your mastermind, so now you're back at a group. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. I only have one-on-one coaching because it supports me for this like world of traveling. So my audience knows yeah. that I'm in Lisbon right now. But anyways, we'll get into like present moment in just a second. I want to know, um, you know, I think people assume that you have to be super organized and have all the systems in place in order to run a business. And I think you and I know that that is not true. We've both talked about how we feel very unorganized in our business. Um, we both share an, um, an assistant and poor Cynthia has to deal with us. The, the amount of time she has to follow up with me for things, I feel like you know, as you grow in your business, the, the, the challenge isn't so much making money. It then becomes like, how do I run this? Well, how do I become a good leader? But when you're just starting out, people think that you need all these things. Like today I had a question from one of my clients, like, I think I should do a website first. Or I think if I have like a business email, then it'll make me feel more like organized. And it's, you know, these things are just distractions from the actual, doing the work of starting the business. So, and I know that you and I have had a lot of mind drama about like systems and being organized. Tell us what you would say to like somebody who's struggling with that and who believes that they need all these things in order to be successful in their business. Yeah. So 
two things. One, I, one, the reason I typically will recommend one-on-one coaching is because one-on-one coaching is a very custom per person. You're coaching one person at a time. And I'll get to like, if you're not doing it that way. Um, but just for the folks who are very early in their business, like the freedom you have in one-on-one coaching is not having a lot of processes. It's very, very simple. Like you literally just have to create an email. Here's the link to pay. Here's the contract, sign it, put a Google freaking calendar invite together. And that's it. Um, and it leaves you a lot of freedom to not have your shit together. I will say that. That being says, it also helps you develop future processes. Like you actually don't even know in the beginning of your business what's a good process because you you don't have enough experience to do that. Like you could put one together, but you will quickly find hiccups because it's not, you don't even know what the process looks like. Even if you're creating one from, from, from scratch, you will find, you will have to edit and edit and edit and edit. And that won't end in your business. Like you will be forever editing your processes, your, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, but that's number one. Number two is your business, just like anything else in life is going to be a work in progress forever. It's going to be a work in progress and in the beginning, it's going to be a work in progress when you hit multiple six figures. It's going to be a work in progress when you've hit, you know, a million dollars. It's going to be a work in progress when you hit $10 million. Like it's literal job. Like your job is to literally make it better and better and better and better slowly one step at a time. So I think you and I are really great examples of doing things very imperfectly and just learning from them mm-hmm. and then editing it as normal. But I've even looked to you like some, I think the last time we got together, I'm like, why does it seem like you have all your shit together, um, Erica? <laughs> and you're like, I don't, I don't have all my shit together. And, and we will even reflect because, you know, when we don't chat for periods of time, We'll be like, we'll look at each other online and be like, wow, she, she's really, she's, she's so on top of it. Wow. Really grown as a leader. Um, but the reality is that it's one step at a time. And I, I want to say one more thing in, I'd say anything in like under six figures. And I don't mean to just use that number, maybe anything under 70 K or something like that. But the number one goal of your business in the beginning of your business is for you to, one, fuel your business with cash. You need to learn how to sell. And nothing is more important than learning how to market and sell in your business because that's what keeps the lights on. Like 100%. Not a website, not branding, not anything. Like nothing is more important than your ability to go out there and market itself as an individual. And if you don't have time for marketing, you better find it. You don't do not hire people in the beginning of your business mm-hmm. to do marketing and sales. Like you need to know how to bring in money into your business. Number one. Number two is client results. And client results are the bread and butter of your business. You will not get more business if you don't know how to help people, period, in your business. Um, those two are the I won't say the most important because the last one is the most important. And the third thing is learning how to be kind to yourself in this journey of entrepreneurship because you are the biggest asset of 
your business. I had to learn this the hard way. I almost wanted to quit. You were the biggest asset of your business. So whether you want to do the mind work or not, it's real. You're going. It's going to hit you and slap you in the face because if you don't understand how to be compassionate and kind to yourself in your business, you will learn when you're overworked and burnt out and want to quit. So you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your clients, and you a hundred percent have to learn how to sell and market your services, product, or whatever the heck it is that you sell. That is what you need to become. Nothing, literally nothing, not a website, not a pretty Instagram, not nothing. You don't need a logo even. Nothing is more important than learning how to sell and market in your business until at least you make 70K or 100K or something just for you to prove to yourself that you know how to make money. Mic drop right there. I couldn't agree with that more because yeah, if you're not making sales, you're not, you don't have a business, right? It's, it's not sustainable. Like Kat said, that's what keeps the lights on. And I think when people look to, um, whether it's, you know, creating a website or other things, it's honestly the root cause of that is fear. Like people don't feel ready and don't want to put themselves out there and they believe that they will feel more ready if they have these things. But guess what? If you create a website without even having clients, how do you even know what to write on the website? Or like if you create a logo, you're going to end up changing it anyways. Like it's because you're constantly evolving and like you haven't vetted out your your pitch. You haven't vetted out. You don't even know who your client is yet until you've actually started working with people. So in the the reality is I think it's just the fear of doing the inner work because you're like, oh, well, I'm working on this and it just distracts you. And you're like, well, I'm getting things done because I'm doing this. I can't sell because there's my website. Oh, I can't focus on marketing because I'm doing this. And it's all just distraction. But those three tips, amazing tips, especially that last one, especially for the people who listen to this podcast, because a lot of the people who listen are women of color and Latinas. One, they feel sleazy about selling, which is ridiculous because we all need money to survive. And unless you're making money, you can't give back. Um, and then another thing is like, we lack self-compassion. We really lack self-compassion and it's such a norm in our culture. And I feel like when you can learn to give compassion for yourself, you are healing generational trauma. Like you are making a change not only in yourself, but for the people around you and the people who are coming after you. A hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. It's yeah. so important. So Kat, tell us a little bit about this year. You, um, have had one of your biggest months and you're also, you have a few things that you are creating in your life right now. So tell us a little bit about where you are now and like the lessons that you've learned and the thoughts that have helped you get there. All right. So this year's looked a lot different. So last year I had a very amazing year selling one-on-one coaching and um, proving a lot to myself uh, of what I'm capable of and the way I'm capable of it. And this year I decided um, that I wanted to scale. Like I definitely wanted to create something a little bit more scalable because one-on-one is, I mean, some people do one-on-one forever and they charge a very, 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 very high ticket. Um, but I definitely, I think you and I are both in this for the impact. Like that that's really yeah. how yeah. we started. Um, so this year I decided to put together a mastermind. It's called Show Up and Lead. And this mastermind is specific for folks who want to learn how to sell out their coaching offers. And um, 
It's been a process though, because I'm also cooking up a baby. <laughs> I'm currently seven months pregnant. And I will say the beginning of this year when I found out I was pregnant, um, it was a big, big, big whirlwind for me mentally. And I really, really went through some like very tough, tough times mentally because one, my first trimester was like horrible and I just was feeling like crap. So I really had to take like what felt like a break from my business. It, it wasn't like a true, true break, but I had to learn some big lessons about myself and uncover a lot of very limiting beliefs that I'm so glad that these limiting beliefs came up and that I went through this like very tough couple months because on what happened as I like worked my way through it was really building some like unwavering beliefs about myself that have helped me not only have an incredible launch of of my first mastermind, but also just help me have so much self-security in my business. And I think last year I dealt with a lot of FOMO and I dealt with a lot of like learning how to trust myself. And I feel like this is the year where like I, the FOMO is like, I mean, it's still there, but I just trust myself at such new levels. And yeah, so I'd say that's that's that, right? That's like the backstory. But I think a big piece of what I had to learn in, in I'll put both years together in terms of thoughts that have been very helpful for me um, is one, I am in this for the long run. I think when you when you have a baby, a lot pauses in your life and that's just the way it is. I definitely didn't like I had look my husband like my husband as I said earlier in this um in this podcast he came here to build his career and he's done amazing and to be honest he can handle like the family now like we're all good if I decided to like 100% quit like I would still have this very comfortable lifestyle and we would be solid um but that's not who I am <laughs> and I, I'm like no I'm making my own money um So learning how to have this circumstance, which is pregnancy. And by the way, the pregnancy has been very difficult the whole way through. But learning how to have this immense amount of compassion with myself as I grow my business has been one of the best lessons I could learn. And I I really feel like they're million dollar lessons. I feel like I'm learning them early because I've had to slow down my business so much um, to take care of myself and like, and, and still have this unwavering trust. So let me share a couple of thoughts that have been super, super helpful. I'll start with 2021 really quickly. So in 2021, my favorite, favorite thought, I think everyone's heard me say this, probably not in your audience, um, is the thought that everyone wants to work with me. Now that one's not great for everybody. Some of my clients are like, I can't believe that. That's like too far. Um, But I told myself this a lot in 2021. And I didn't say it from this place of like, self-centeredness. I said it as like this place to imagine what it would feel like if everybody wanted and desired to work with me. And I remember starting to think of like my tias and tios and cousins and 
and and family and friends. And I'm like, I really started dabbling with the idea of like, what if they really did desire to work with me? How cool would that be? Like, even if I don't, if I can't help them, right? Like, obviously they're not going to work with me, but like thinking of myself as someone who is a coach that everybody wants to work with really helped me show up as a coach, like that everybody wants to work with, like very unapologetically. Another one in the beginning of my business and still now is I'm not in a rush. There is no need to rush your business. And I don't mean that in a way of like slowing down your actions. I mean it in a way that when your brain is trying to make you trying to hustle and do things that are, I say this with a grain of salt because I think it's really important to like follow your fear and like do things that scare you. But anytime your brain is like, you should be, you could be, you need to be telling you that kind of thing. That's when I want you to like remind yourself that like no one's rushing this process. You're in this in the long term, and this is like, this is going to be a long road to build your business. So you might as well be kind and gentle with yourself and just have fun serving your people while you're at it. So that was a big one for me as well, especially last year. Another one from last year or from 2021 was women of color love to invest in themselves. So I, I serve mainly women of color and, um, I think a lot of us in, in especially the Latino community, but really almost all communities have such deep, deep thoughts and beliefs that our community can't afford coaching or our community can't afford my prices. And that is the thought I carried with me for a long time. And when I developed this belief that women of color, like I just decided to believe that women of color absolutely love investing in themselves. And the way I did that was really looking around and seeing the actual evidence and truth of what that looks like. I'm like, women of color are spending money on all kinds of things investing in themselves. They're spending money on nails and hair. They're spending money on their college education. They're spending money like I really started looking around and then I would look at Erica, right? I would look at um, Janice from Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. I would look at like all these people in my circle and I was like, all of us are serving Latinas. All of us are serving women of color and we're all making this much money. This is true. It's actually true that women of color love to invest in themselves. So why is my brain telling me the opposite for me? Oh, because I'm selling something now women of color don't want to invest or first gen people don't want to invest or students. Like it's bullshit. This is like made up in our mind. And look, a hundred percent, there are, um, you know, generationally, there are lots of ways our communities are underprivileged, right? Or under-resourced or, you know, a lot of the people we I serve are a part of marginalized communities and that's a hundred percent plays a role. But when you're a coach, when you are a person who is helping another person, like I just refuse for my brain to believe anything less about them because of where they are in their story. Like I mm-hmm. never want someone for to look at me in the beginning. Like if it, we just told our journeys, right? Like 
even before we were in these six-figure jobs, right, before that, there was a time where we weren't. Totally. And we were getting there. And I never, ever, ever want someone to look at me and say, oh, poor cat. She was in uh, academic probation all throughout college. She must, yeah, she's probably, can't, it's probably not a good time for her to believe in herself right now. It's probably not a good time to her invest in herself because she's buying a house or because she just quit her job or she got fired. Like, I don't get to have that power over my clients and I'd never want to think about my audience that way. Mm-hmm. So that was a powerful thought. Sorry. <laughs> Did you want to say something? Oh, no, I w- I'm just agreeing because I remember we had multiple conversations where we supported one another with this belief, where we were like, we had this belief of we have to be accessible. Like if we're in this for the impact, we have to make our prices more quote unquote reasonable so people can afford them. And I think what we've learned along the way is that when people pay money, that's when they're actually paying attention, right? And the more money we make, the more free things we can do and the more impact we can actually have. So yeah. We practice this. Like, it's not like we haven't invested in ourselves. Like, we invest big money in ourselves too. Yep. So why wouldn't we give that opportunity to our clients? Like, how is it okay for us to, but we think this of them, right? Like, that's yes. so unfair. Um, our, our clients are our equals. They're just like coming, especially if you're a coach, they're coming to you for one area of their life. But I always think about my client, like my clients are like way... I think so highly of them. I'm like, they are so much more educated, so much smarter, so much whatever. Like I could, the list goes on. Um, why would I ever think of them in, in a, like a pity, pitiful, like, oh, you can't afford it. Like, no, the rest of the world does enough of that. I- I'm not going to do that. Love that. And I'll share one more thought from this year. Um, as I really had to slow down my business's scale because that's, a big part of scaling is slowing down your business and like handling some things under the hood before you scale. And the thought that really has served me is that my, the amount of money in my bank business bank account, the amount of sales I have in my business is never a reflection of my success as a coach or my success as an entrepreneur. The minute we start buying into the amount of money equals success is the minute that we like will let these things because there will be times where your money slows down in your business. It's business. It's just a part of business. And when you make that mean something about you, it can be debilitating. And I don't want that for you. Um, And it's a big lesson I had to learn this year. And now I'm like, oh, this is like, I'm, I feel so comfortable in the months I'm not making money because I know what I'm made of. And I know it doesn't mean anything in, in the temporary. I love that. And that can also be used for like Instagram followers, not just like what's in your bank account, right? But like, so this this is repeated in many, many areas. And I always have my clients like, what is success? I always have them define what does success look like to you? Because I think sometimes we just use the metric that society tells us when success comes from so many different ways. Like the fact that you have the ability to slow down and work on things and then launch this mastermind and like all the inner work that you've done and you're creating life. Like there's so many pieces of success there that weren't equated to money, but are then going to help you get to money, right? So the way that you like look at success impacts the success that you have. Because if your goal was just, oh, the money, like you wouldn't have the success that you have now. A hundred percent. I knew I couldn't go into this launch of my mastermind with this very, very like 
negative, unintentional thinking. Like, no, I, I have to go into this mastermind knowing who the F I am and knowing what I can create and absolutely trusting that I could create it over and over and over again because it's just who I am. And it's never defined by money. It's never defined by amount of followers. It's never defined from any number. The only person who defines who the F I am is me. And I decide to think very fucking highly of myself. And I want you to as well. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Okay. So um, tell us where you keep your thoughts because you looked down. Yeah, I was just writing them down for here for oh, okay. so I wouldn't forget for this. Do you have them but, on post-its? Um, you know, I last year I had a ton on post-its and I would always write them on post-its on my wall. And I did a lot of journaling last year, which you got me on because I was not a journaler. Like literally, I thank you for making me, not making me, but you like highly encouraged me. You're like, you need to journal this um, when I would talk to you. So I, I picked up on journaling in 2021 and it was pivotal. Like it was pivotal to my success. Um, a lot of the work I do now is really in my mind. I I don't journal as much, although I want to, but I would say now I journal probably like monthly and or, or I do it when I'm like really in my head. Um, but I think a lot of I've just practiced managing the thoughts in my mind so well now that like I'm very on top of myself when I have negative thinking and I'm mm-hmm. always coming from a place of curiosity of like, oh, that's so interesting. I think this isn't possible for me. Like what, what comes up there? So a lot of the time now it's in my head. Um, but I also will say it's in my, in my phone on my notes as well. Love that. Okay. So where can people connect with Kat? How can they work with you? Like what's the deal right now? Um, so tell us like, where can they follow you? Um, obviously if anybody took anything away from this episode, please like screenshot it and tag us both. But yeah, tell us how people can work with you and where they can find you. Yeah, thank you. Um, So if you want to specifically learn how to like sell out your coaching business and and really get good at sales and marketing, the best place to go is my podcast, Latinas Booked Out. Um, You could find it anywhere there are podcasts. And um, I mostly hang out on Instagram. So make sure to follow me on Instagram if you like my vibe. And then lastly, I have a really great training. It's called How to Sell Out Your Four-Figure Offer. It's in the link in bio of my podcast, or you can go on my website, Um, But it, I literally created it the year I, I created it right after I hit six figures in six months. And I'm like teaching you everything that not only I teach my clients, but that has helped me um, sell out my offer over and over and over again. So I'd say that's the best place. And then I'll leave you with one more thing. Um, there's, I said this to begin with, comparison is so, so easy in the, be- not only in the beginning of your business, but throughout the journey. But I promise you there's so much more value when you build friendships. Like I'm so grateful for Erica. I mean, her, our relationship has grown tremendously. Like literally you're like one of my best friends now. And the reason is because we've been able to not only support each other through this journey, but like we also keep pushing our own selves as we go. Like we're inspired inspired by each other. And 
it's just dope to have like a Latina who's like hungry for success and hungry to create this life that felt unimaginable. And it all started because I decided to be brave and hit her up. She decided to be brave and like continue that relationship and like not think I'm a weirdo. (laughs) And, um, and now she is such a gift to my life. And I promise you that like, in your relationships, when you're online, if you are intimidated by someone or if, and you talk about this all the time, um, but if you are intimidated by them or you see their success, like get close to them, build support them. Like the reason our relationship started is because we supported each other. We looked at each other's story. We clapped for each other. We rooted for each other. And I, I just like play that game versus making their success mean something about you. I love that. And for those of you listening, Kat and I didn't meet in person until months and months after we had connected. So you don't even have to be in the same geographical location. I mean, even now we don't live in the same area of California. I mean, right now I'm in Portugal and she's in the LA area. So there's so many ways to connect with people. We have very different lives. We do. Like we have very different lives. And like, we still get to choose this friendship over and over and over again. And it's such a blessing. I love you so much. I love you. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience or anything that I didn't get a chance to ask you that you wanted to share? I will say this. Go out there. Like the reason I talk so much about selling and and marketing is because I have seen so many Latinas. So has Erica have these like grow their businesses, have these very accessible rates and like focus so much on impact, which is very important. It's the reason we are here. We are, we are all here. But when you are in the beginning of your business, you need to keep the lights on, learn how to sell and market in your business. It is so much more important. Like, then like, I promise you that when you focus on learning to get good and comfortable and like unbelieving a lot of the stuff about sales and marketing, when you do that, you get to see not only what you can create, but your impact could be so much bigger if we didn't handle our own beliefs around sales and marketing. And I know sales and marketing is just like these icky words. Nobody wants to talk about it. But the reason I'm so passionate about it is because when people don't learn how to sell and market and then they don't see success in their business, especially women of color, especially Latinas, right? Like when we don't see the success, I see it all the time, then they think they're bad at business. And that's not true. You're not bad at business, but you do have to handle your own thoughts about what marketing feels like and what selling feels like. Like I want this for you. Erica wants this for you. And you will have to handle those, those limiting beliefs you have, handle them, learn how to push yourself through them, learn how to think differently about them. Let us be examples. I just want more Latinas, more women of color to create thriving businesses. You can do it your own way. But I promise if you have a business, you will not do it if you don't get comfortable with selling what you have to offer and marketing it. So stop making it feel like this icky thing. It's literally just serving your people and making sure that the people who need your help, the people who need your services, products, whatever, that they know you exist and be on a mission to get it out there. Beautifully said. I have nothing to add to that. That was like a mic drop. 
Kat, thank you so, so much for coming on and I will talk to you later. Hey amiga, if you are not on my email list, you are missing out on some juicy content. I share sales and marketing tips every single week. Plus, you're the first to know about new freebies and webinars and all the other things fun happening. To get on the list, sign up for my free training, How to Sell Out for Figure Offers. This training will also shift your mindset around what it really takes to book out your coaching business. So sign up in the show notes or on my website, katdalcarmen.com to be added to the email list. I will see you next time. Mwah.